Hey everyone, it's Eric, and before we get started with this very special episode of a Friday All Killer No Filler with Courtney Toll from Nori, this super interesting iron product that's sort of taking the fashion world by storm, as well as with Angela, the team lead at Pilot House for the UGC department, and we're excited to dive into that. But what I'm really excited about is to tell you about D2C's first live event happening on May 12th in Vancouver in Railtown. You may not know this about me, but I come from a, an event producing back. I've sort of put on almost a dozen high-quality international marketing training events all around the world. Um, but we're kicking it back off in Vancouver on May 12th with a free uh, real live meetup where we're going to do a live podcast with some of Vancouver's fastest growing brands, a little Q&A with the audience, followed by uh, some drinks, some food, and a whole lot of networking with the West Coast best marketers, brands, and entrepreneurs. I want to invite you as a D2C listener to come join us. You can go to learn.directtoconsumer.co slash events right now and reserve your spot to come meet the D2C team, meet the Pilot House team, and yeah, rub elbows with the West's best marketers. I really hope you can make it. If you can't, we'll be doing events in the future, maybe in your neck of the woods. You can email me at eric at directtoconsumer.co and tell me where you think we should go next. Until then, I hope to see you there, and I hope you enjoy this podcast. It was a great one. On with the show. Content is the name of the game for e-com companies, and to have a constant steady flow of it is truly invaluable because it allows you to just be so much more agile with that testing. We've gone as granular as is spoken testimonial better, or should be watching a TikTok real type of video with music behind it? Does the hook, this is why I now like ironing, or meet the internet's favorite iron, have a higher conversion rate? There is a real science behind content optimization, and Pilot House does an incredible job of that. Since we have done spoken testimonials alongside a mashup of the Nori Press in use, we have seen our CPAs almost halved, and it's allowed us to run at almost double the run rate. Hey retailers, ever feel like your shopper experience feels just like everyone else's? Here's an idea. Put your shopper first with the only personalization platform that is purpose-built for retailers. Bluecore combines retail data and predictive intelligence to match online shoppers with the products they will buy next across channels like email, site, paid media, social, and SMS. Automate and scale your personalized content offers and recommendations for each shopper in a one-on-one individualized experience. Visit bluecore.com to see why brands like Noble, Express, and Bliss have gone shopper first to drive repeat purchases and increase customer lifetime value. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Friday for the first time in a long time on this show. And today I am here with Courtney from Nori as well as Angela from the UGC Pilot House team. Uh, Courtney, let's start with uh, Nori. Can you give me the why of, of why you built Nori? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm super excited, um, especially to be joined by Angela as well. We've had an incredible experience working with Pilot House, so excited to dive into that a bit deeper. But absolutely, uh, Nori has been the most incredible adventure, honestly, for the last 11 months since our launch. But always interesting to kind of just start with the origin story or like the why, as you said. Basically, I was a young professional. I had just 
started a career somewhat in consulting and I was really eager to make that strong first impression. So I was living in this tiny cramped New York apartment and I'd wake up in the morning with a wrinkled garment or wrinkled blouse and I didn't have the space in my apartment for an ironing board. I didn't have the time to deal with this inefficient and leaky steamer my mom had gotten me from Bed Bath & Beyond and I definitely couldn't afford repeat dry cleaning. So I would actually iron my clothes with a hair straightener, funny enough. And I then headed back to school where um, um, I allowed kind of my minor to serve as this opportunity to really dive into the ironing and steaming market. So we sat down with 500 plus individuals, primarily females, Gen Z and millennial, and we just heard the same narratives time and time again, that there was no attachment to existing brands in the space. The point of sale was happening in these big box retailers. And this kind of put a spotlight on a market that is ironing and steaming that had seen little to no innovation since the introduction of the steamer in the 1980s. So that was enough rationale to kind of lead us on this two plus year product development journey in which we did everything from fundraising to product development to building out a marketing stack and all of that fun stuff to eventually launch in the end of May 2021. And how did it go? Like, it's I always love talking with people who have sort of done so much on the product end. It's crazy. It was a two-year process. But I guess something like this just didn't exist in, in the market. That, that Like, I'd love to just hear a little bit about, about actually making the product. Totally. Honestly, I would start with saying ignorance is bliss. I had no idea what I was kind of walking into when I set out to create a hardware product. My dad was actually a engineer, so knew a little bit about product development. Um, but really, I think what's so cool about Nori is that this was totally inspired by a consumer pain point. So I was going to these product development firms speaking from kind of this personal frustration that I think eventually inspired uh, their motivation for creating such a product. But really what happened was I, I remained in my job post-grad and I was raising a little bit of money on the side, but I also started to recruit product development experts. And I knew that I wanted a, a real expert in irons and steamers. So I interviewed 19 design firms, got proposals from a, a majority of those, and ended up with a group that had worked with the Conairs and Remingtons and Cuisinarts of the world that knew steaming and MCH heaters, like the back of their hand, and ended up creating an incredible iron that has been totally inspired by Consumer Insight. That's so cool. We always say who, not how on the podcast. And for you to go through 19 different firms to find the one that actually, you know, wouldn't be winging it as much as maybe some of the other ones. I guess everyone's pitching for the business, but to find the ones that have actually built products like this has probably saved you a lot of time and headaches. Absolutely. And it's this incredible collaborative effort, right? So I would come in and say, I want 14 inch long arms that are going to reach across a garment and six fabric specific heat settings and an optional use of steam. And they'd say, whoa, 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 you know, this is the form factor that we're working within. This is what can fit in this part of the iron. This is what we're going to have to move to kind of the pump section. And I think what resulted um, was this really uh, innovative product that is totally new to this market. And I just even to dig back, you mentioned you did a lot of workshopping. And I think that's that's something we almost never talk about on the podcast in that product development phase. You said you talked to over like 500 women and people in the space that, that, that have issues with ironing to, to get a lot of feedback. 
Exactly. So I had the freedom of kind of operating in a university environment. So you have a little bit more time, you know, so my co-founder and I sat down with, um, you know, countless individuals. And like I said, primarily women, women make 86% of consumer decisions and specifically within the ironing and steaming market, that's a little bit of a higher percentage. But what was interesting is that we didn't find people that were specifically saying, I hate my iron, I hate my steamer. We just sat down to try and validate, is this a consumer pain point that other people are feeling? And it was this really organic conversation around just this mass amount of frustration with a category that is, you know, launching products that you should be interacting with on, you know, a weekly or even daily basis. So when I thought about all of the markets out there, everything from mattresses to toothbrushes to bidets, there's normally an innovative player, whether that be in technology or D2C distribution. And this just really lacked that players. So like I said, enough rationale to move forward from these conversations. So you put all this, you put this work into the product. Uh, you you have a strong sense that the market is ready for it. I, I think that's crazy. It's crazy to think of how little innovation has happened in that space since, you know, I love Lucy, you know, back, back in the twenties or whatever. So, so when you brought it to market, what was the initial reaction? How did it work right away? Were people just like, yes, I'm ready for this right away because of all the, the legwork you'd put in? Well, luckily, hardware has a long lead time. And I say luckily because I think we needed that time to really pull together a fully built out marketing stack that would support our launch. And I remember sitting down with one of our investors and he said, what is it that you're trying to build? And I said, well, I'm trying to build this clothing care brand for the next generation. And we're going to launch with this consumer inspired iron as our premier hero product. And he said, totally wrong. You're launching a marketing company that just so happens to be selling irons. And honestly, it was the best feedback he could have given me because it forced us to dive headfirst into the world of e-com performance marketing, everything from paid search and social and PR and email marketing that, yes, to a certain extent, I think has allowed us to see uh, ramp fairly quickly out of the gate. I'm, I'm, I just want to dig in on that a little bit. So this idea that you're a marketing company, not not an ironing company, and that just allowed you to focus in, like rather than sort of going to market with like, if I've built it, they will come kind of idea versus getting really, you know, your hands dirty on how exactly you were going to do an omni-channel launch. Like what was the key difference that changed in your mind when when you got that piece of advice? Completely. Well, I was pretty confident that we had stumbled upon something that was going to meet a consumer need, just given the amount of customer research we had done. So I knew that we had a product that I thought would hit home, but we live in such a consumerist economy that there is so much content being fed to people day in and day out and so many products that are being presented. So I think it's important to have a good product, but it can't just be a good product. You have to get in the mindset of your consumer, empathize with your customer. Where are they living? Where are they shopping? Who are they listening to, to inform those consumer decisions? And then build kind of a marketing stack to support the presentation of your amazing product. So. For our uh, brand specifically, we had kind of set out with this hypothesis that our target market was 24 to 36 year old females that were primarily living in urban areas, kind of bound by those same uh, logistical and space concerns that I outlined in my initial origin story. Um, And so we thought about, you know, like, what are they using as their rationale to make purchases? And that has inspired everything from the influencers that we partner with to the retailers that we partner with and to the content and testimonials that we have created. What would you say has been the biggest growth lever uh, in 2022 so far? So really interesting. I would say a few things. 
really press has is, is been surprising for me because I have heard the gamut on press. Some people say, you know, it's, it's logos to put on an investor deck and a website. Other people say that it builds brand credibility and it can be, you know, a major game changer for your company. And I actually tend to lean more towards the latter perspective. We hired an incredible partner to manage our kind of press earned media efforts. And what's been really, really successful for us, and we've seen this continue through from 2021 to 2022, is to have these sort of features come out and we've had features in Vogue and Forbes and Fast Company and those you see you know kind of minor lifts from organically but to lean into press as a repurposing and retargeting sort of area of expertise so we take a press article we repurpose it in the context of kind of a static image we make a paid advertisement around that it leads you to a landing page with that press article so further rationale for that consumer to potentially purchase this product. And we've seen CPAs drop dramatically. We've seen our revenue grow month over month. And it's really surprising how I think press can can really rebound into something that is so much more than just that article kind of hitting the stands. And also I think that press support has also led to outreach from nationwide wholesalers that I don't think would have known about us otherwise. You're definitely speaking our language uh, of performance marketing. This idea of not just getting that press hit, but then uh, building it into your funnel as you know, as a really great um, proof point, essentially that you're actually driving via landing pages and stuff. This is something we preach on the podcast all the time um, to really leverage the true power of press. That's uh, that's really cool to hear. Um, what else? What what else has been a major uh, growth lever? So we did a partnership with a kind of influencer backed brand called something navy and what was really interesting a major growth lesson for us in 2022 was in january our facebook ad account was actually taken down and for a brand that's been growing month over month largely in part due to paid acquisition has seen sustainable customer acquisition costs it was like taking our oxygen away and we were just totally thrown for a loop but I think it was the best experience because it forced us to kind of take a step back and say we're so head in in the data you know we're so deep into paid acquisition what's a more organic way to have a conversation with our customers to drive people to our website and to our Instagram to interact with us in a more organic method and a branded partnership I really think is a great way to do that so in February of 2022 we launched this co-branded product with a lifestyle brand like I said called something navy it was this navy nori we called it something steamy and they did an incredible job of taking their brand which has incredible levels of engagement and featuring nori in so many different aspects of their brand so they would do you know in feed posts they would be on a photo shoot and and take just really organic content steaming their clothes with our iron they put it in their physical store in west village in new york and allowed people to visit it you know in real life and that has brought an incredible amount of attention to the brand, um, a number of you know new visitors to our site and our, our uh, kind of social media channels. And now that our Facebook ad account is back up and running, I think it's really, really supported our retargeting efforts. Super smart partnership of just something that's fully additive to both brands, right? Like you're going to enjoy your something Navy dress that much more if you can wear it more because you're ironing it easier. 
Was this your brainchild to like go find something Navy? Did they reach out? Well, this is actually a, a funny story. When we had spent about 20 months pre-launch um, leading up to Nori and product development and fundraising and, and all that good stuff. And right before launch, uh, my co-founder and I sat down to kind of create this sort of manifestation journal of all the things that we had hoped would happen for Nori in kind of our first five years um, of, as a brand. And number seven on that list was that we would work with Something Navy and their uh, chief creative officer, Ariel Charnis, in some capacity. And funny enough, in October, about seven months post-launch, they actually reached out to us about doing a partnership. And of course, we were quickly obliging to jump headfirst, and they were an incredible partner. And one of the few brands that I think just has the most incredible organic engagement. They're just true cult following type of brand, and it's been really amazing to interact with that audience. Just super cool here. I think I think the the under the low key like best point of the podcast so far is this idea of writing down what you want to have occur. I think it's I th- I think back to myself several years ago, Angela. Even before I start before we started iStack, the company that we worked on previous to this, I wrote down that I wanted to have a podcast. And I I, I haven't I need to write down more things. I think I realized because when you write them down. Uh, you know, it really does help kind of bring them into your world. I, I want to get Ryan Reynolds on the podcast, so I've got to write that down. Would you agree, Courtney? Abs- I would absolutely agree. Yeah, shoot for the stars on paper because no one sees it, but it holds you accountable in the back of your mind. And um, I do believe in manifestation that perhaps you can write something into existence. Yeah, it can't hurt. <laughs> exactly, it can't uh, hurt. So, it so everyone listening hurt. today, I want when you hear this podcast, everyone, I want you to write down some of your goals, uh, the, the brands that you'd like to work with most, for instance, and let's see what happens over the next several months. We all know how tough the past 12 months have been with supply chain and marketing costs rapidly rising. Ecom World is your secret weapon to help your brand get back on track and make this year your best year ever. Ecom World is hosting an online event that will arm you with the strategies you need to grow your D2C brand profitably. Meet experts like Kellen Fitzgerald, head of Ecom at Glow Recipe, and Davey Fogarty, CEO of The Udi, as well as 80 other Ecom experts who are paving the way in D2C. Get their step-by-step strategies to optimize the growth of your Ecom brand right now. D2C listeners receive 30% off the ticket price, so head over to ecomworldconference.com DTC to get your ticket now. That's ecomworldconference.com slash DTC. So let's bring uh, Pilot House, let's bring Angela into the conversation here. So obviously this is this is sort of like a, I would imagine Nori's like a dream brand when it comes to clients, when it comes to like the perfect product for creating UGC. Oh yeah, like I love this brand. I've loved hearing the story again. Um, it's a perfect product and a perfect brand for us because it's such an easy product demo to demonstrate in, you know, just a few seconds. So that's easy to make content where people understand like in an instant. Um, The product is visually appealing and it sort of applies itself to this greater goal of selling products, which is like, how does it make you feel? And it makes you feel good when your clothes look the best. Your clothes are your identity. You know, people identify so much with their personal style. And this is just like elevating the wardrobe that you've invested in. I love it. I love the tagline. So you have one less wrinkle to worry about, which is just speaks to your audience perfectly, I think. Uh, and and that, 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 I bet that's been a powerful one. It's been the perfect match for like our uh, Pilot House creator network as well. Like 
we work with so many people who are demonstrating fashion brands and their personal style and it's just been, you know, they've just been lining up to work with it. It's such an easy bit. I was going to ask, I always wonder like what the hit rate is when you reach out for products with influencers, like how, you know, how many people write back and actually how many end up delivering content. I imagine it's higher with a product like Nori. Oh, absolutely. Like I would say the only obstacle is probably like people's schedule we're working around right now. Like people love the product, you know, for us, yeah, it's an ideal, it's an ideal client to work for. It's just unique. It's visually unique as well, right? So when you are showing, I think that's that's the other lo- great low-key insight here is just that focusing on product demos, really focusing on people using it in their lives. Uh, th- that's been the, the most successful approach? Definitely. Like to see the ad of the content creator using the product and they understand the purpose, they understand the why like in the first few seconds. That's been the main focus product demo, testimonial, and this idea of sort of like elevating your own personal style, having your clothes look the best, bringing it traveling with you. Like I can personally think of so many times trying to figure out a hotel iron. Um, I personally never ironed with an ironing board too. Like I live in a condo. I'm the perfect demographic for this. I live in a condo. I've never had an ironing board, but I do remember my grandma having an ironing room. She just seemed to be like constantly working in. So yeah, it's just an ideal product for this, for our purpose of making UGC content for them. But I think also for like our generation of, that lives in condos, we can't have ironing boards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, my worst ironing experience, I, I'm like, I don't always keep track of how long the water's been in there. And sometimes it goes like, it like gets black. And I've actually ruined shirts before by having an old iron that, you know, isn't serviced properly, just get crap on my shirt and it ruined my day. So I, I better get a Nori, I think. Courtney, what, what, like, what has, how has the UGC sort of pilot house relationship been from your perspective? Yeah, I can't underscore the importance of UGC and performance creative, especially like Angela said, for such a demonstrative product. So from the get-go, we have done so much testing around what type of content converts in addition to audience testing as well. But I just think that content is the name of the game for e-com companies and to have a constant steady flow of it which is the pilot house deliverable is truly invaluable because it allows you to just be so much more agile with that testing so we've gone as granular as is spoken testimonial better or should be watching a TikTok real type of video with music behind it or does the hook this is why i now like ironing or meet the internet's favorite iron have a higher conversion rate i mean you can get so granular and I think that there is a real science behind content optimization and Pilot House does an incredible job of that in working with you really collaboratively to say, okay, this is the content that we've created. We've now put it into both creative and audience testing. These are the CPAs that we're seeing. These are the click-through rates. What can we try now and what new narratives can we test out? And since we have done spoken testimonials alongside a mashup of the Nori Press in use, we have seen our CPAs almost halved and it's allowed us to run at almost double the run rate. So it's incredible. I mean, every D2C founder that I speak with is constantly trying to ramp up their content creation. And it's not only in a paid capacity, right? You know, you now have TikTok, which is just the easiest way to reach customers, lower, um, you know, CPCs and basically any other social media network. So it's much easier to interact with consumers. You just need the right amount of content. Can you talk a little bit about what your content funnel looks like? I know you're a master of repurposing content, as we talked about on the press side. Can you talk a little bit about how you're using this UGC in the funnel? Is it, is it mostly top of funnel? 
Yeah, so basically we have um, Pilot House and then a number of other freelancers that are constantly creating new narratives um, in, in within their content month over month. So I will basically create a uh, kind of document, for lack of a better word, that just walks through all of the narratives, all of the angles, all of the types of UGC reels that we want to create and then share that with all of our various content creators um, to use within primarily uh, Facebook and Instagram and TikTok ads. And then ideally also sharing them in a more organic fashion within our own channels. Um, sometimes repurposing imagery within email marketing as well. Um, but I would say that, like I said, the more content, the better. It's just figuring out, and we're still trying to figure this out, like what is the narrative that converts? Is it travel? Are people using this because they're now investing in you know, more statement items at a younger age? Like, What is the why here? And I think, like I said before, trying to be empathetic with your consumer and allow that to inspire whatever content you're creating alongside the data you're being fed is super important. And I imagine leading with fashion is just super, like, I think every, like, not everyone's passionate about ironing, but, but most people or most, maybe most women are, are passionate about fashion. So leading with fashion and then how this tool, like your partnership with something Navy, how this tool sort of like unlocks your sort of your, your fashion ability, right? Absolutely. And I had this great conversation with this sort of D to C like guru the other day. And he was saying, you know, it's so easy to just constantly cross compare your CPAs and your click-through rates and you know your media efficiency ratio, but just take a step back. I am in the target market and what is it that convinced me to buy an away suitcase or a quick toothbrush and really allowing like consumer insight to inspire those narratives that you test is super important and even better really is just when we see someone organically speaking about the product on uh, their Instagram channel and then we reach out to them and, and ask for that content. I mean, that's best case scenario, right? What's the future look like for Nori? What are your goals with, with, uh, with the brand? Yeah. So we think about expansion kind of twofold. The first being continuing to build out our product, uh, our product base rather. So trying to become a really like full fledged clothing care brand for the next generation. So we've started loosely with irons and liquid consumables, but this can be everything from sewing kits to hampers to new types of irons and steamers to more liquid consumables, lint brushes, fabric shavers. It's a really interesting category because right now the way that it's segmented within the market is that you're buying, you know, one product from Amazon, one product from Crate and Barrel, another from Container Store. There doesn't seem to be a brand that's really put it all into one place in a really consumer-friendly, direct-consumer fashion. And so that's our goal in terms of investing in product moving forward. And then the second part is wholesale expansion um, and really just distribution and expansion at large. And we're doing this in a you know really consumer-inspired way of again asking ourselves, you know, are our consumers shopping at Bed Bath and Beyond or are they shopping at Nordstrom and Williams Sonoma um, and something maybe? So trying to make sure that we have retail partnerships that still align with our same consumer base. And then also hopefully, Angela, you kind of mentioned this, uh, is expanding to hospitality as well. No one wants to pull out the ironing board and molded iron that is sitting in their hotel room that they paid a lot of money for. And so trying to get a Nori Press or future products into hotel rooms is, is a massive potential channel. I feel like it's kind of a product you didn't, you weren't really thinking about needing it, but as soon as you see it, like, you're like, oh, how do I not have that in my life so far? Yeah. Exactly. 
how have I been using this 1920s iron for, <laughs> for this long? I, I need to ask because I, you know, I think uh, creative is the lever, you know, there used to be when I was, when we were doing this, you know, four years ago, it's like, we're talking about different bidding hacks and different campaign structures and retargeting things. And, but really it, it, it's always been creative and now it's creative more than ever. When you, you know, you're, you're working with, with pilot house, you're working with other contractors about how many creatives are you testing in a given time period? Let's, let's say a week. That's a great question. So we've actually worked with our agency to build out this really interesting testing structure where basically at any given time, we probably have 10 or 12 creatives running um, across a few different audiences. But basically what we'll do is we'll create a new creative or a new ad set and we'll put it into what we call creative testing. So we kind of put it into broad audience testing and we give it typically around five days to just spend a bit of money and get some initial data behind it. If it shows initial promise, we then put it into a few of our more known higher performing audiences and put additional spend to it. So we're never putting kind of all of our eggs in a new creative basket and seeing diminishing returns. Um, so it's fairly iterative. I would say, I think right now, probably 10 to 12 will probably turn off maybe three-ish a week and, and turn on some more. Um, but luckily right now, you know, with thanks to Pilot House, we have some really high performing ads um, with sustainable customer acquisition costs and hopefully can continue to scale those. Are those 10 or 12 unique creatives or are those, you know, five, six creatives with different overlays and different background musics? Are, are you sort of iterating on those? Or are those 10 to 12 unique creatives? It's a mix, probably. We definitely do sort of A-B testing where we do the exact same ad with either different hook or, like you said, different kind of um, background music or spoken testimonial. And that's how we validated a lot of those learnings that I mentioned before of what works for Nori. So I would say it's probably a mix of just totally different creatives and then kind of more like, um, you know, back-to-back -back tests of, of which is converting, whether that be landing page, background music, or hook. Angela, on the creative side, what are you cooking up for Mother's Day? Do we have do we have a bunch of mothers uh, mothers ironing in the creatives coming up soon? Definitely. Like I think the comparison of the your mother versus your iron is interesting. Ooh, um, not your mother's iron. I like it. Mother's <laughs> iron. Um, but yeah, we're just focused on sort of like narrowing, testing a bunch of different angles, coming up with like out of the box ideas. And our goal is always just to sort of narrow the focus based on the testing that we're doing to just get smarter and smarter about who works in the ads, what angles works, like what speaking points are the best, um, down to like voiceovers, what voice resonates the best, what music works. Like we're just trying to sort of optim continuously optimize to get smarter and smarter with what's working in ads. I don't normally ask this question on uh, on All Killer No Filler, but I have to ask Courtney, and I'm just springing it on, I didn't even tell I was going to ask you, so if you don't have a great answer, it's okay. But if we were to give you $50,000, we were to just be like, okay, here's a, here's a grant for $50,000, you don't have to pay it back, but you have to use it in the next 30 days, where would you put that in the business right now to see the best results? That is so interesting. And honestly, we just ran kind of a financial audit of all of our spend. So I'm, I'm going kind of granular here, but um, not to get too financy, we're trying to start to bring on a, a, a debt to kind of cover, cover some inventory financing because we do have um, relevantly stable cash flow. So all this is to say, I would probably put it largely into customer acquisition. And obviously that runs the gamut of influencer partnerships, affiliate-backed PR, um, paid search and social, but 
I think at this point, just based on how it's been trending, I would say in the last four to five weeks, I probably would put it into paid acquisition or potentially towards another partnership that very much feeds that same paid acquisition channel. Nice. Well, this has been absolutely great. Angela, let's let's close here because I know you've recently, I think I, I, it's been a while now, over, about a month ago, you, you delivered your aspect of the uh, Scale School course that D2C created in partnership with Pilot House. So you have a, a unit in there that sort of like gathers all of your, your sort of insights on this UGC and influencer space uh, into Scale School. Anything else to say about it? Yeah, it'll give you sort of anyone who hasn't tested UGC at all, doesn't know how to like source this creative to like maybe you've tested um, a couple different influencers and you want to see like just how do we improve this. It's sort of for like any level, uh, any size of company, it'll give you like enough to get started um, sourcing this content. I love it. So if you're listening, go to d2cnews.link slash scale school and you can get the complete Facebook uh, ad strategy that Pilot House uses to scale as well as Angela's UGC learnings. Courtney and Angela, thanks for coming on a, a Friday All Killer No Filler. This was a lot of fun. That was awesome. This was really fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.